If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Do you love nature-based children's books? Well, you are going to love my new freebie. It is a compilation of many of my favorite children's books put into a library PDF where it is sectioned off into the four types of gardens. Children's books are a wonderful place to find inspiration for any lesson. I invite you to explore my nature-based children's book library and get seeds of inspiration for outdoor learning. So you can choose one or more books to complement your existing curriculum or simply scan all the nature-based books in the library for inspiration. The choice is yours. Go check it out at www.outdoor-classrooms.com and you will see it on the homepage. Hello everybody. Today we have another mini episode and the topic is getting to yes, outdoor classrooms in our public schools. Again, the silver lining of COVID was that all these schools, all these districts and public schools were going outside. They were problem solving as a community. Principals were trying to figure out how to get each of their classes outdoors. Teachers were trying to figure out how to get their materials outdoors, how to create gathering spaces. It was actually a beautiful sight for me to see. And I worked with many, many schools in this process and it was it was enlightening, it was exciting, it was seeing a lot of communities really coming together under dire circumstances to figure out how can we get outdoors because that was the safest place to be. So my biggest question is, why aren't we still outside? So why aren't schools staying outside? What I'm hearing from educators that are opting out of teaching outdoors is we have nowhere to do it, we don't have the resources, and I feel like I'm not allowed to. So again, we did have our COVID experience, and there was a moment that we all kind of had to look at that and really problem solve and think about, hmm, what are our outdoor spaces? What are our options? What can we do? So my question today is, how can we support our public school educators to really get the buy-in from their administrators, maybe their principals, so they can spend more time 
teaching outdoors. So I wanted to take a little bit of a step back and look at the barriers of teaching outdoors in the first place. And I just was wondering if any of these resonate with you. So they've done many, many studies and surveys. And from them, there's been some incredible results, actually. It's fascinating. So teachers often feel hindered by outdoor learning because they don't have any formal status into their current educational practice. So in other words, maybe there are educators, maybe it's you, that you feel like, oh, I have to meet all the standards and I don't have that outline or I don't have that experience in terms of, I, well, I've got this pressure to meet all the standards. How can I do that outdoors? And I don't really have the time to, to learn it, to figure it out. So the next one is teachers experience a lack of competence in their outdoor teaching expertise. So this is huge. A lot of it is mindset. And I talk a lot about mindset in, in our circle community and really talking about competence. And oftentimes with anything that's new, we have to just go for it. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But with that lack of confidence, and if you've got 20 kids in a public school class and you aren't really sure about taking them outside and you've got to meet standard, you are going to opt, opt not to do that. So with that, uh, teachers are also finding it difficult to get started. So again, if you're in a school district or a school and you're in a public school and you do not have the support from your community within the school, it, it is going to be hard to get started. So again, it's it's a lot of this is maybe school-wide. You may feel like you're the only person in the school that really wants to teach outdoors. If that's you, I highly recommend you come join us over at the Circle Community so you can find that, that uh, com- comrades that are going through very similar things as you. But again, it's finding that community. It's finding that community wherever it is to to get you started. Uh, the final one is teachers often experience uh, barriers related to the, the physical constraints of the outdoor space. So not all classrooms have gorgeous outdoor classrooms that are built in, but classrooms have doors to go outside. So it can be as simple as going outside and reading a story It can be as elaborate uh, as building a whole state-of-the-art outdoor classroom. The results from just being outside, even if it's 20 minutes a day to read a story, to do something a little bit different, to shake your legs out, that may be different than their recess time is beneficial. And this is uh, what we want to talk about. So how can we support our public school teachers and get them on board with this nature-based education movement and And oftentimes, because they are in public schools, it makes it more difficult to go for it, so to speak. So some general words of advice is just do it. Just do it. Just if, if it's just you in your school, go ask your principal, can I go read a story outside? And I can't imagine that your principal is going to say no. So, and that might be the first step. It might be that might be the very first step that you choose to do. The second one is to get educated and inspired. So if you are feeling isolated, if you're feeling like you don't know where to start, we have an amazing circle 
uh, membership community in in outdoor classrooms that we uh, it's a family pretty much I, th- there's no other word for it but it's it's a group of educators that are like-minded that are all over the country that are doing just this and we are educating each other we are prov- I'm providing resources but we get, we get as much from each other as I bring to the table as well. So that's why we call it the circle. So again, getting educated and getting inspired and staying inspired is, is such a key as well. Uh, engaging in real life experiences. So what is that? Engaging, maybe going and seeing what other outdoor classrooms are out there. If you physically can't go actually walk into another school that has an outdoor classroom. We have many, many outdoor classroom tour and talks within our membership community. And again, they are all over the world, all shapes and sizes, stories of educators that have started from square one that just had a vision and created that vision. Uh, and again, the next one is to get that outdoor pedagogical mindset. I can't say enough about this Mindset, mindset, mindset. It's all about mindset. In terms of, I hear a lot of educators, I don't know where to start. It's it's start with your own mindset. Take yourself outside. Have yourself go outside and watch birds. Have yourself find a sit spot outside and just observe, observe nature, connect with nature. Do what do for yourself what you want to do for your children and if you need to get reinvigorated uh, and with that mindset, go outside and that's opening the door and and making observations. Go on a walk, go on a solitude walk. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So once you start doing that yourself, you will want to share those experiences with your children. You might just share your stories with them to start off. And again, if you can notice that I'm offering minute baby, baby, baby steps. It's not all going to happen overnight, but if we take these baby steps, then eventually we'll start walking faster. We'll start running. We'll start leaping. We'll start dancing. So again, we want to follow a tailored process. And again, we at the Circle Membership Community have a roadmap that you can follow. And within that roadmap, we have tailored workshops that will fit every stage of, we have the five phases of teaching outdoors. So that walks you through our outdoor teaching boot camp and we'll explain what those five phases are. I think I even have a podcast that's on it, explains it. And th- this is a incredibly wonderful tailored process. This process actually grew out of my work with many, many, public schools, private schools, teachers, educators during COVID. And what I realized was, wow, everybody's starting at a different point. I can't necessarily give this material and assume that every teacher starting at the same phase of development of teaching outdoors. So so there we go, because the five phases of teaching outdoors. The best part about all of this is you will grow and you will, your outdoor classroom will grow. It will begin to get momentum. 
you will start feeling wonderful yourself because you will be spending more time outdoors. You will sort of find this incredible effect. And all of a sudden, people will start looking at you and they're going to discover, they are going to be curious about your findings and what you discovered and your story. And when that happens, when you feel ready, you can come on to the Outdoor Classrooms podcast and share your story and help another fellow public school educator. Because what we want to do is we really want to develop these interventions. We want to support teachers. We want to integrate these outdoor classrooms into these public school learning environments. And what I have found that the public school especially is a very difficult nut to crack. But I do not think that it's it's so hard to crack that we cannot get in there and because all children in any school, whether they're in a private school, a public school, or home school, they should all have access to an outdoor classroom or a forest school and that connection to learning outdoors. So some additional tips for you is to do your research. When I discovered the just outdoor classrooms. I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. This is when my kids were in preschool and kindergarten. I went on this research crusade and it was amazing because what I found was the four types of gardens. And that was, and I'm not going to get into that now, but there are four types of gardens with four different camps of people. I have a whole episode on it. So again, you never know what you're going to find in your research, but there's a ton of research on the benefits of reconnecting children with nature that also researching the, like I said before, the outdoor classrooms tour and talks to really see what other people are doing and educators are doing and how they got to getting the buy-in and getting to the yes. One thing that you can do is to offer a pilot program for a year. Let's say, you know, they're not ready to soak it in for, okay, but maybe you can offer something smaller, something that's a little bit more bite-sized. Maybe maybe they're not ready to commit to a whole year. Maybe it could be three to five months, three to six months, something like that. And then somehow offer to look at the assessment scores of the children after your pilot program. So really, again, public schools like that measurement. It drives me nuts, but they want to showcase that there's some measurement and some that this is possible. The other thing is that you can you if this assessment scores and looking at scores and whatnot doesn't work for you you can collect anecdotal evidence and that's where you can track what parents are saying you can track what students are saying i had a a new child in my secret gardens uh, parent child nature class and she says i love it so that's all anecdotal evidence and that's things that you can collect as your assessment. And it's important to do that because again, you don't want to just be doing this for the sake because you love doing it. You really want to have it work and really understand all of that. So the next is to really communicate to your administrators, to your leaders in your community, to your parents, to anybody that will listen. (laughs) Uh, That Teaching outdoors, outdoor classrooms, forest schools, reconnecting children with nature is crucial. Our mental health depends on it. I'm going to say that again. Our mental health, our, not our children's, not 
just the kids, not just us. It's our, as a whole community, our mental health depends on it. We need to reconnect children and adults and the world to nature. We're not doing it. We're spending too much time in front of the screens and indoors. And also we need to communicate that children are our future stewards. If they do not have a relationship with the earth, with nature, with trees and birds and everything that's within nature, they will not be they, they're not going to be interested in being stewards because they have no relationship. So we need to get them outdoors so they can develop that relationship. And if we need to do that ourselves first, then that's the first step. If you're wondering where to start, you take yourself out. So again, I cannot say enough that we need to take baby steps before we take our leap. So with that, I want you to think, close your eyes, and I want you to think of a little baby, a little newborn, and what what they physically do as they grow. They gurgle, and then they stretch, and then they start moving their legs, and then they rock, and then they scooch, and then they, they eventually toddle, and then they eventually walk. And once they get their walking legs, They can start running and really soaking in the world. It's a little bit like that. So when I hear the question, where do I start? How do I start? What do I do? That's what you do. You you take these baby steps. You want to get something small where you have proof of concept. Do these small things in your classroom. Start talking about it and then eventually become an advocate. You will become an advocate of nature-based education. And again, I hope you can join us in our circle membership community at Outdoor Classrooms and really share your story and join this movement. So my big question today for you is what small change can you make today to help a child and yourself reconnect with nature? I'll leave you with that and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. There are three ways that you can get involved in our Outdoor Classrooms community. The first thing is you can go to www.outdoor-classrooms.com to find our free nature-based bookless library. That's a PDF with lists of books with links to them where they are all sectioned off into the four types of gardens. So it's a wonderful, wonderful resource that is free to you. We pulled that out of the shop to offer it for free. Secondly, if you really want to get to know us a little bit more, join one of our workshops. We have live workshops. We have pre-recorded workshops. You can go to our workshop library. You'll learn about our live workshops through our weekly seedling news. And thirdly, if you would like to get dig even deeper and join our community. It's called the Circle Community and it is absolutely amazing if you are looking for a community of like-minded educators and or parents that are really seeking to create and cultivate outdoor classrooms and nature-based curriculum and really looking to be a part of a movement that is really changing the face of education. Again, it's up to you. Join us in any of those three different ways. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.